If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This episode of Unlocked is brought to you by Gamefly. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 314 of Unlocked. Today, we are talking about the second round of Xbox One pre-orders, which just went live uh, a couple of hours before we started recording. Destiny 2, of course, uh, Fortnite accidentally allowing PS4 and Xbox players to play together. Forza 7 and how pretty it is. Uh, And Tomb Raider and a couple of other games that we've been playing. Uh, Joining me today, we have Destin Legary. Hi, everybody. Marty Sleva. Hello. And Sean Finnegan. Jump, jump. We've got a real fire team chat here. with the shark. Uh, you did it. It Ryan wasn't my choice. is out. <laughs> he's on vacation. Change it, Sean. You have the right. power. Yeah. He's probably either, I don't know, driving electric cars no. or playing baseball. He's no, back. he's, he's, in, he's in New Jersey, and yeah. he posted a picture. He's like, my favorite spot in the world. And it was a picture of the ocean in New Jersey, and it was just really cloudy. I Ryan. saw that. It was like very overcast <laughs> and a kind of boring shot. I mean, sorry, photographer <laughs> mindset coming on here. But I just the first thing that came to mind was that Futurama quote, like, who would have thought that hell existed? And it's in New Jersey. (laughs) On a more positive note, Ryan also posted that they're welcoming a new member to the family that he will probably be talking about next week. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Fun stuff. It is not a kid. It is not a child. It is a Some of you may have inferred that. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, for clarifying. Just going to put it out there. Um, Well, you know, you can welcome to your family an Xbox One X. All right. I really just cribbed the the segue from you, Dustin. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so our pre-dollars went live an hour or two before we're recording this meaning we don't have a whole lot to say about it um the project scorpio edition consoles are already sold out uh but gamestop is offering up to 200 dollars rewards for anyone who trades in an old console that's good towards a one x which is pretty sweet and other retailers are going to have stock kind of coming out every now and then we don't know exact dates for everyone but walmart uh leaked an ad or an, a leaked walmart ad suggested they would have allocation on september 21st so yeah my my gut is too. that they're going to keep sort of slowly trickling these days out so that we, there's the constant news stories of pre-orders are up and they're sold out. Pre-orders yeah. are up and they're sold out. Just because it's like supply and demand and you want it's people to be deal. talking about this. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the trade-in deal is great too because, I mean, once you get a 1X, I don't think anyone's going to keep their one unless they are doing it in a second room or like giving it to a mm-hmm. family member or something. Yeah, same applies for like the S, right? As soon yeah. as you get an S, you're not going to keep the one anymore unless you I, really want to give yeah. it to someone else. I want to get rid of mine now to get the, the cash incentive, but I also want an Xbox in my house, so... 
Oh, yeah, it'd be kind of weird to get rid of Yeah, because if you get rid of it now, it's like, well, what do I play for the next couple months? Well, they often do have deals at at, uh, GameStop where you offer in and, like, sign a deal saying that you'll do, at least this happened in Australia, you'll sign the deal to say you'll do it, but you don't actually have to trade it in until the day you get the X. I don't know if they're doing that this time around, but they do sometimes do that as well. I do already have an Amazon pre-order, though, so. Yeah, and it would kind of suck to give it up now and then not be able to play Cuphead or Forza until November. Yeah. Although there's plenty of stuff to play. I'll just that, keep that my checkout from work for a very long time. <laughs> That's fine. You can do that. Yeah. There's plenty of Xboxes here. Uh, did you get the Scorpio edition? I did, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I got it when we were in Germany, like, the second they went up, I pre-ordered. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how this goes and how fast these sell out, because, you know, they said it was the... Uh, the first round was the fastest pre-order for any Xbox console ever. Mm-hmm. That's that's <clears> pretty <throat> crazy stuff. Um, it's exciting. I'm like we're gonna have it out in the wild. Pretty soon. It's gonna be a good system, I think. Um, our friend Josh Stein over there at Xbox tweeted out a link to an article that said like the list of titles for Xbox One X enhanced sort of features. Games. 130 yeah. games. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't planning on getting an Xbox One X because I don't have a 4K TV. But with 4K TVs like getting cheaper and now this list of titles getting really big, I can see like this actually being, well, you know, now might be the right time to make this big jump to a 4K world. Well, and it's super clear now that 4K is actually the next step as opposed to like when 3D came out. It was like, is 3D the next step? No. And a bunch yeah. of people bought 3D no. TVs with their stupid glasses. According to Tim Gettys, and, yes, but and, played, and they had like, <laughs> you watched Avatar and then played the Killzone game that was 3D and then yeah. it was like, no yeah. one wants to do that. I knew that was No, that. 3D is, I mean... Let's just, 3D is, it will fail for a fourth time this time around. Like, no one was convinced. I was never convinced. Basically, but, movie theaters, in my opinion, are pushing it because ticket sales are way down, and it's sort of a, an experience novelty. that... Oh, no. it's, a, it's definitely like a mandate of from the film industry yeah. to compensate for the fact that streaming is cutting into their profit margins hugely. Yeah. But instead of adapting the business model, uh, they artificially inflate ticket prices, which will only work for so long. But anyway, back to the point, which is that you're right. We're finally at this point where the future is all 4K. 1080p will still be a staple uh, for a long time. But as content creators, um, no one is buying 1080p cameras anymore. If you're shooting new content, it's always in 4K. Mm -hmm. Uh, You get the future proof as well. Yeah, exactly. You're future proofing. You want that content to live longer than uh, the published window that you've originally slotted it for. And I think that that's the goal. Like... Gaming is on the forefront of that as well. You know, you see both Sony and Microsoft pushing 4K content, both on the video and on the games front. Like, the future is 4K, so if you're one of these early adopters, like a lot of us are, you're going to want to kind of make that jump early and get the best deals and all that stuff. I really wish my work PS4 Pro would stop crashing when I play Destiny. That's not good. Dead dead serious. That CE air sucks. What, What? I don't know what that is. So basically, if you're playing Destiny 2 in 4K, there's a known error that Sony's addressed where your console will just straight up blue screen kick you out of the game. That sucks. And it it happened to me four times back to back last night. I'm over it. And it's specifically a PS4 Pro issue, right? Yes. Yeah. PS4 Pro 4K. It's pretty brutal. Hopefully they can fix that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm still not getting one immediately. Um, It's just a money thing. But... I think I'm treating it the same way I treat phones, which is like as soon as I'm like, oh, this is noticeably slower than what everyone else has, then I'll upgrade. Like I'm absolutely going to do it eventually, but right now I'm just like kind of waiting. But I saw a 4K TV the other day for $200. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. Like yeah. I feel like last year they were six hundred. Remember, like, what? Well, remember when Dustin was going to get it from old Jimmy or whatever? I still <laughs> like, got a good deal Jimmy on Skizzles. it. Uh, this uh, this friend you of mine, Howard GPU, helped me out. Uh, do not go to Joe's. Joe's AV. It's not a good site. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of Destiny 2, we're going to talk about Destiny 2 now. I have literally nothing to say as I have not played it. 
So it's um, so go. good. I it's have no so doubt about Marty's it. Marty's talking good. about Destiny more what than happened? I am in the office. Yeah. What happened? So is Zach. It's crazy. I didn't. Well, my thing is, I think we've talked on the show. I did the IGN first with Destiny for the Destiny one beta three years ago or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then I never played Destiny. Mm-hmm. Since then, that seems I, crazy to me. I've made fun of everyone for playing Destiny. I made fun of all of you guys on Fire Team Chat. You did, and then Destiny Two came out. Word of it, and uh, Destin was like, "Do you want a code?" And I'm like, "Sure." Here. And then I played it, and now I've put like 70 hours into the game, <laughs> and I just play it for like 10 hours straight on the weekend, and I forget that there's world outside, and it's so good, and I like it so much, and it's so fun, and I want to keep playing. Here's when I knew there was a shift in the office. <laughs> I go into the news trello to add yet another Destiny Two story that I feel is important. Marty beat me I to it. I was already on it. It was the right details. It was the fact that you need to be 260 or above to get in the right. Yep. <laughs> I I was saying you off air before this, like the last two weeks has been such like a pleasure in the office. One, because we're all playing Destiny and having a good time with it and the game is great and that's always just a good thing. But all of the little conversations with people you don't normally talk to about particular games, like I never talk to Marty about, we talk about movies mm-hmm. and like Annapurna games yeah. and like storytelling <laughs> and stuff. And now I'm like, no, dude, you got to level up and like get this power level so you can keep your scout rifles and all this stuff. And it's just like a discussion that we've not really had before. This it's is awesome. the only, I think, the only other game this year that sort of took the entirety of the office like this was Breath of the Wild. Yeah, I think oh, like yeah. everyone back in early March was talking about Breath of the Wild, and it was people like that you don't really have those game conversations with, but everyone was playing it. Yeah, I'm kind of worried because my family was visiting, so I wasn't playing any mm-hmm. games. I'm not going to play Destiny 2 on my nine year old grandma's here from Australia. Makes and sense. then I had a bad the week. Horn. So I've just been like <laughs> reading and, and not she was playing. playing Destiny. I don't feel like I can do it. And yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit worried that I'll have missed the window. I don't think you will. Like nah, if I, I start this will. weekend, which I plan to. Am You're I too fine. late for that? No, I don't You're think so. No, no, I no. missed the conversation. No, you can. There's get... people rolling their second characters. Like I'm about to start True. my hunter. Yeah. So I have that whole quest line to go through. Well, and, and also the natural through. progression to level 20 and to like, you know, 200 power level is relatively quick, and it's just playing through the campaign and casually doing some of the side stuff. Like yeah. you can get into sort of the same league as a lot of other people relatively easily. Yeah. yeah. Like to be on the cutting edge of progression yeah you're gonna put a lot of time in and you will have had to have been doing that already but most people aren't there like yeah everyone most people are just now getting to the point where like oh, okay i can tackle the raid let's get a group together and do that and that'll be the next couple of months yeah. i think yeah. which is great like bungie went to uh bungie went to great lengths this time around to improve the systems like long gone are the days of people shooting into a hole into a cave Mm -hmm. to progress i still when i see holes in the game i shoot into them to see what happens yeah usually it's not just in case yeah just Just in in case case. like tons of engrams drop over a little bit i do that in real life too but uh the loot game's much better like yeah like this time around destiny 2 and bungie like bungie has nailed that that gameplay loop of where you play the game so that you can obtain better weapons and gear so that you can play the game faster and more efficiently so that you can get better gear and weapons, which a lot, that loop is just perfect. And mm-hmm. it's varied and it's interesting. It doesn't feel grindy. It's very fun. And it gets more fun when you play with people, which is why it's such an awesome experience right now. It's because like everyone in the office has other people to play mm-hmm. with and different groups to play with. And that is like... It's a tremendously awesome social One of my experience. favorite things about Destiny 1, but even then, like, I remember spending a lot of time on Reddit 
trying to get groups for strikes or raids. Mm-hmm. Like that was like even that I loved. Like I found that really fun at the time. Yeah. It was like, hey, here's this guy from Melbourne or whatever. Like we're all from like totally different cities and we're just like playing this game together. It was it was awesome. But uh, I do want to ask for I guess Marty, you're probably a good person to talk about this. Someone who's listening who doesn't care about Destiny yeah. at all, has no interest, wants to skip this segment. Uh, why should they play it? I mean, to me, it's dumb that I forgot, but I forgot how perfect bungee shooters feel on consoles. Since I didn't play Destiny One, the last bungee shooter I played was Halo Reach. Like I love, I love, Great game. you know, Halo One, Two, Three, yeah. ODST, and and Reach. And uh, right from the get go, I forgot how amazing their their character mobility and sort of the inertia of your character, Honestly, as well as I think they have some of the best first person melee. Yes, oh, it's but so, so satisfying. Good. It is so incredibly satisfying. Um and just the way every weapon feels exactly what I assume an assault rifle would feel like or a sniper rifle or a handgun. Um also it just like so so that part of it if you liked Halo and never played Destiny, like I think you're going to love the feel of this game. Mm-hmm. Um it's also the like Sean said the the sort of addiction cycle is you are always there's always like a little glimmer in the corner of your eye mm-hmm. and then you go there and then you're rewarded with something and nothing ever seems futile like nothing ever seems like as of yet I don't feel like I've done any grinding and every time I've played I've accomplished something mm-hmm. and I'm slowly moving towards the goal like I'm doing the raid this weekend um Ooh. so yeah I'm very excited for that um and also the like the story's good it's like a solid sci-fi campaign with interesting charismatic characters and really great especially in the back third like really great uh campaign design so yeah it has this Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The campaign has this great like ODST style to it where it feels very somber and uh, melancholy because like the game starts off and this is not really a spoiler if you've been seeing the trailers and stuff, but like the city falls, your side loses and kind of stuff hits the fan like right up front and you're forced into this giant conflict with an enemy who has beaten you at the outset. Yeah. And they kick you into the mud. And yeah. That's kind of ODST is you return to Earth like while Earth is under siege yeah. and that is so cool uh in and it's got this great like very moody music the music in the campaign is so amazing oh, the sound, thought, design, like, the sound so design yeah, like and soundtrack for, is all phenomenal yeah like two three times a mission i was like this music is amazing yeah. and it really adds to like that feeling of the campaign and mm-hmm. because destiny one like the biggest complaint that most people had about it was like the story made no sense and i was one of those people I who thought criticized it was really it. lifeless yeah. yeah they nailed yes. this t- they nailed it this time around yeah. i awesome. always made fun of destiny one despite how much i played it on launch for Every mission effectively being you waiting for your ghost to complete a task while you fought off enemies. Oh yeah, is there mission variety? Oh yeah, it happens every once in a while. But uh, there's mission variety and the characters you're interacting with. Each planet sort of has a a hub character you're interacting with, and like one of them, like Failsafe, is one of my favorite characters of the year. Oh yeah, like she's like she's like a bipolar AI. Yeah, Yeah. she feels yeah she feels like Gladys and Wheatley are the same person. Yeah, um, yeah, really just and uh, each planet is gorgeous and unique in and Mm -hmm. of itself. they're fun areas to explore. There's a lot of stuff to do when you're exploring. So, like, there's the main campaign mission, but then there's also quests. There's also adventures. There's lost sectors. There's patrols. Lost sectors like, kind of suck, in my opinion. 
They, it's well, kind of a little bit of a sectors are these. Uh, they could build on that. Hidden though. across the map are these like little symbols, and you know, close by is what they call a dungeon. But really, you just go into a cave, and then there's a bunch of enemies and one boss enemy. You stop you the just, boss, and you just kill them the all, and then you get a treasure. And I'm like, well, that's not a. Well, dungeon. they kind of had I, that in Destiny One. Yeah, I feel like they could have done a lot more. Yeah, like have a gear set for the lost sectors. That's something I mean, the Reddit community is to me about. like that would be so. If cool. the lost sectors, not to bring up Zelda again, but if the lost sectors were each like a shrine where like it had its own unique idea or puzzle or mm. theme or mm-hmm. thing you had to do that wasn't just kill all the weak dudes and then kill the boss and then get to well, the Well, that's sort of like strike. What's great yeah, about right? this yeah. is like as experienced Destiny players, we can tell you that the game evolves slowly mm-hmm. over time and that the game that it ends up being in a year or two can be drastically different than what it yeah. is now. So like that opportunity could present itself later and I hope that they take it. If the feedback is there from the community, there's a good chance they will. Well, I'm stoked for like whatever the, the Osiris DLC is in December. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm all in for this. So speaking of which, uh, of, of what your point is there, Sean, we've spoken positively about it. Everyone likes it. What don't we like about it? What is where is it lacking? Going so to need we've gotten into this in depth on Fireteam Chat. Shout out to Fireteam Chat because that is our IGN <laughs> Destiny show of which can, Destin is the host and I'm the co-host. And then you did a point. There. Well, I realized yeah. that was the camera that was on. Where is uh, it? Where is Fireteam Chat? YouTube.com/slash Fireteam Chat. YouTube.com/slash Fireteam Chat. Every week at five, you can also find every it here Friday on IGN. Thanks, Destin. <laughs> you said you can also week. find it on IGN. Well, it is every week. Yeah. Wait, what if I live in England? Is it still at five? Yeah. Is this what that podcast is? Yeah, it's, see, just, yeah. it's just so Destin correcting you and it's, you sighing. It's great because that show is for producers, which everyone gets in each other's <laughs> yeah. way. Yeah. So Before it's, we air, it's a lot of <laughs> crosstalk. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, what I don't like about it... Um, the game isn't perfect. It has some flaws here and there. Like I, I'm a little skeptical on how the PvP specifically is going to play out over time. They've kind of increased the TTK, which is time to kill. You have to team shoot. Yeah, which means that mm. in order, there's not so much. Even if you're really good at shooting and moving, uh, you're still going to want to run with a teammate because you can't win a one v two. Even if you're better than both players, which is the which is, used to be the case mm. in Destiny One and is often the case in other many other competitive shooters. Which leads to a lot of like teams running around as groups, and I don't know exactly how that feels or how that's going to play out in the long term yet. One v one, you can still get the win, but if you got the first shot on the other guy, basically you have that kill. Um, mm. Unless depending, you suck. unless you make a mistake, yeah, it happens you know? to be a lot. Apparently, I suck. If there's yeah. two people, don't even engage there's, because you, you usually can't. Like you have to just be way more careful when engaging a group. So uh, one of the things that I was telling Destin that I didn't envy was I because. Uh, because Destiny 1 was a game that evolved over a period of three years, uh, and Destiny 2 is a sequel and is a brand new game and has to be considered as such, I still have trouble letting go of the fact that fun- that Destiny 2 doesn't have a lot of the features that existed in the end of Destiny 1. So for something like uh, custom games, custom matches, private matches, like that doesn't exist in Destiny 2 at all. Mm-hmm. They also, a bunch of the modes, like PvP modes and uh, things that exist in PvE in Destiny 1 are simply not in Destiny 2. You can't select what you want to play. Yeah. That's a big one. Like, you if you want to play a certain strike, you can't just say, I want to play that strike. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. You also can't be like, I really like control as a PvP mode. I only want to play that. Like, nope. there are well, only... also strike playlists will sometimes, like, I've been in the same strike three times in a row in the same playlist. And I'm like, really? So, what you can do, and there's no punishment for, you can totally abandon that group that you're in with and just queue right into another I don't abandon strike. abandon anyone. Band of uh, that happens in Ducks PvP a lot, though, Marty. Like, right. I'll go in with just as a blueberry <laughs> or just a solo player. What's that? It's when uh, blue characters on your map. That means they're not associated with the group that you're playing with. Gotcha. 
It's like if you and I were playing together, our icons would be green. Everybody else's would be blue. Gotcha. So yeah. blueberry is the term that you call like a random. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Wait, we talked about that. Okay. Yeah. I knew what that. It's like if I'm doing a public <laughs> event, that's it called someone yeah. a blueberry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm doing a public event, sometimes you're like, oh, good blueberries, because if you're there alone, it sucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Bungie did a great job of removing all of the barriers to accessing activities, but kind of at the cost of being able to select which activities. Mm -hmm. So it's really easy to go from PvP to strikes to the raid to dungeons to the open world or whatever, but you kind of like have to just leave it up to chance which one it ends up being for the most part. Three, and I kind of uh, don't like There's that. three core problems with the game they need to fix. One, you need to put two more fast travel points in the crucible. On the two annexes. Oh, you mean in the in the, the tower? <laughs> on the tower, yeah. Mm -hmm. the tower is huge. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. And yeah. you have to you have to spawn in the middle, and then you have to run. I'm like, I don't want. I want to go to Cade. I don't want to yeah. run there. Two Spoilers. is the stutter Hawthorne stuttering hawk only exists on the farm, and the hawk no longer <laughs> stutters in the. No, tower. no, no. Oh. It totally stuttered I'm in the tower to... last night. It was jittering out on its little thing. Okay, I was perfect. like, oh, they good. fixed that. So there's only two problems with Destiny. One is that the tower needs more spawn points, and uh, they need to put north on the mini map. Oh my God, put north on the mini map. Put north. <laughs> On the minimap. Yeah. Uh, allow yeah. me to see other players' locations also, on let the minimap. Let me just put a sticky note anywhere on the map. Yep. The marker. What are you? Yep. What, like, what? Yeah, yeah. I've heard people talking about that in the office. The north thing seems like a massive oversight because you have to pull up your map every time you want to know which direction. I was playing yeah. with. Uh, which way am I looking? I was oh. playing with uh, old dead Mitch Dyer over the weekend. Sorry. He was like, Sorry, oh, "It's to the east," and I'm like, "Like what's east?" Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, east. "Look," and then he was like, "Look at the sun," and I'm like, "This planet has two suns." I mean, <laughs> I've been saying, I've been literally saying this for three years, but like the Destiny radar has always sucked, and like mm -hmm. that's part of it is the map and the mini map just and the put, radar. It's just put north. It often misleads me. It, it, the radar in PvP actively works against me. Like you'll see two, you'll see two pings on the radar, and they're both in that middle section. And one dude is this far away, yeah. and the other dude is twenty yards away. Yeah. And I'm looking at that dude because I think, well, that's going to be the, you know, I'll deal with that the one first. He's the more, you know, yeah. he's the, the more guy behind you who kills him. Yeah, like that's it's interesting because I feel like I never had that problem with Halo multiplayer. Oh, Halo's just. Just put the Halo radar in. That's why it's weird. <laughs> Just put right? the Halo radar yeah. in there. Yeah, that's really strange. I don't know. I mean, I think it's supposed to not be so much of a crutch. Like in Halo, you're always looking at the radar and you're barely looking at the at the maps because everyone knows the maps. I had a friend who played maps, Halo so. Two with the mini map off. What? what? Or like why? he hit it. Just as a challenge, and still oh. did great. Yeah, it was yeah. incredible. It was That's just awesome. for bragging rights, but it made me. Was sick. that a skull? Was, like, was that a skull modifier? I don't. I think that he actually literally put tape on his screen. I was about to say. Uh, I don't even remember yeah. that you could do that. No, I think he Xbox. manually did it. But I like. I used to um, for Gears of War when I played Gears of War one all the time. I put the blue tack in the middle of my screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You guys ever do that? Yeah. Because then you're like, you can basically oh, use the right. shotgun without needing to, like, to aim. Exactly. And it's like, you always know where it's it's an old It's an old Counter-Strike thing, you too. You put what? You put a dot on your screen. You put a like dot a right in the middle of the screen. Like a little, like a little cross, like made center. out of tape or paper or something. And you and you know stick it where, where your crosshair would be so that when you ADS or DADS, the crosshair in the middle is still there. So like, especially for yeah. the shotgun in Gears, you know, when you're doing a ton of rolling yeah. and aiming, you, like, it's automatically aimed in the center, so you don't actually need to... Yeah. Basically giving yourself a crosshair when you're You could buy... Overlays that you could put on your TV. Oh, dude, for, yeah. for Halo so One silly. and for Goldeneye and N64, we created this weird cardboard contraption that oh, was like, <laughs> you can't yeah, it was like, you're in the yeah. corner, don't look. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, and then someone would have to stand up and play. I'm like, this is awful. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess like it could be that it's not having uh, an effective mini map is is teaching people a different way to play, but it does seem just kind of inefficient. Not using the yeah. Halo ones yeah. <clears> to me. Uh, a problem that I, it seems like I only specifically have again because I'm a big PvP player is. Uh, Bungie did a lot to increase the competitiveness in terms of the gameplay, but in terms, but 
on the back end, like statistics wise and uh, uh, on the scoreboard and medals wise, they've removed all of the accessibility there. Meaning, mm-hmm. like, for instance, when you're playing Team Slayer, it doesn't show you your deaths or anyone's deaths. Oh, weird. Like, how can you be playing Slayer? Yeah. <laughs> and it's. You know, you don't Slay. check your deaths. Also, is there a Teams. for a game that has so many stats? Is there just like a, a list I can look of everything I've done, the amount of times I've done it? Websites have done that, mm-hmm. but, but not, there's no. Not built like that's weird. Game. That like yeah. you know, yeah, it should no be like the GTA board. style I mean, where it's like ad nauseum the stats of your game. Like, that's exactly for it. Is like, an MMO like yeah. World of Warcraft has an input, same as Neverwinter, just an input that you just type the thing and it tells you how many hours you played. Like, yeah. It's yeah. Just like, like I don't know, I don't know how long I've played the game. Well, I also leave my game on. Like I'm probably online right now. Yeah. So there's yeah there's a bunch there's, of little things that I think that they're going to iterate on oh, over the long term and yeah. there's a become, lot of bugs right now. Like we did the 12 hour raid the first day we oh. beat the boss and then our whole team wiped and nobody could res to get the treasure room. I so have, we never got the achievement. <laughs> we got insane. the loot drops, but like that was a major bug. Yeah. I have so a great sorry. video to share with you and CJ because we got into an argument yesterday about the raid uh where teleporting he, enemies. He thinks that I think that some me and James Duggan think that something is really buggy and he goes he thinks that's presumptuous of us to th- declare it a barriers. bug when we don't know that it's not a mechanic. Mm-hmm. And so I have this clip of us <laughs> beating the boss, but then wiping. And every time we res, it just wipes us again, over and over again oh, no, for five mechanic. minutes. That's a narrative. Yeah, and that's I was like, element. CJ, is this mechanic? <laughs> is this tied to how many times I've jumped in the tower? How do you know that isn't the case? Where's your like testing, your exhaustive? I want to like troll him. So. You're talking about the barriers in the raid, right? Uh, specifically, yeah. yeah. That's what we got into an argument How do you guys about. feel... Uh, about the fact that the raid sort of got shuffled after the first week, like the, that's, the order. The order. That's fine for me. I don't think it's that big of a deal. CJ's like, oh, it's so cool. They move which encounter you do no. first. I'm oh, like, what do you know? CJ not- thought it was cool. I'm like, to me, it's <laughs> not that big of a deal. Cool. I mean, I'm glad they're changing it up a little bit. Yeah. But I mean, it's still just like I'm doing a different encounter first. I still have to do all three of the encounters. Nothing to me, really yeah. To me, it makes literally altered. no difference because the encounter isn't different in any way. It's just I do that one. First I mean, is it going to be different for? So I didn't do the raid the first week. I'm doing it the second week. Am I going to enjoy it more or less? You'll enjoy it the same amount. Like, okay. yeah, you're some not. Some people doing... like dogs. Some people hate it with yeah. passion. Like, hate the dogs. Yeah, hate the dog encounter. Uh, you're, you're. It's just changing up the order of the first three encounters like the boss will still the final boss will still be the final and each boss. encounter yeah. is still the same it's just, yeah yeah, yeah. so like you'll do the same three encounters just in a different order every week mm-hmm. and again i That's think that cool. this doesn't yeah. yeah it adds a little variety uh but i also think that it makes very little difference at all because one of the coolest things about the raid is outside of the encounters there's all this crazy stuff to explore and puzzles to figure out that i no one's even scratched the surface of it yet mm-hmm. me and brian there's uh, a sea monster on titan that people yeah. are talking about right me now me and me and sea brian monster on titan? Yep. yeah me oh, and, uh, swimming around me and brian malkowitz spent 3 hours just exploring the raid area like through mm. the little tunnels and uh like uh, what do they call it? like uh, the underbelly, like where all the machines are and all that I stuff. I still get lost down there. Yeah, you get lost, and you have to pull up maps and stuff. But like, there's all these puzzles and things in there to figure out. And we just walked around and looked at and explored for a while. That type of stuff is where the real sort of exploration of the raid is going to yeah. be, where the real variation of the raid is be. But those areas are what you're going to use to get to whatever encounter you want to go to immediately once you learn how to do that. Having so not play the raid and not been spoiled on a lot of it, just like the the. Elevator pitch for it sounds so cool. Just like the fact that it's like a, a the raids in, in Destiny One, like even the first one, I love them. Yeah, oh. mm-hmm. just like, the idea. That was the, the name of that area where you're walking through it, and if those the, the weird floaty things see you, you're all dead. Harpies. The maze, yeah, 
Oh, You're man. You're going to love dogs. I like that. Dro- it <laughs> drove me crazy, but I loved that so much. I was like, why isn't the whole game like this? Like, Balls I thought glass, it was so cool. To me, is still the best raid. Really uh, good. But yeah, I mean, they've done a great job with this raid. I don't think it's perfect. I think it's still a little too mechanics heavy. And I don't want to go into spoilers yeah. because probably a lot of the people here haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, uh, we are but, getting pretty specific at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, like, I mean, I'm a huge Destiny fan. There was not really a chance that I wasn't going to like it, but I'm super impressed with how they've improved the game and what the direction they've taken with it so far. And it, the great thing is, like, the problems I have with it are most likely going to be addressed in the long term. And by, you know, in yeah. a year or six so months, it's going to be a different game. I was ask you guys before we move on to the next topic. Um, of course, this has to be our personal opinions because we can't make any kind of official statement for the rest of the company. How do you feel about the concept of re-reviewing a game? If Destiny 2 changes no. dramatically and is a different game in a year, <clears> like, <throat> do you think that this is something that we should do? We had difficulty with the review because of the, the staggered release of content. Like We agreed that we wouldn't put a score on it until after we experienced the raid. Mm-hmm. And then thankfully, we were also able to experience Trials of the Nine, which is a major PvP component of the product, before we put, put a score on it. Um, I think that uh, a new system needs to be figured out for reviews where we do update regularly. It's it's so That's my opinion. hard because I'm really torn on it because to have someone review certain MMOs or even games like Dota, they have to be re-reviewed and someone has to be an expert on that game all year round, right? And we just don't have enough stuff to do that. But at sure. the same time, I think ch- things can change dramatically enough that our original review score is not going to help someone. So it's like, I don't know. I'm really, I really don't know. I mean, we per- I've said it before. I personally, I don't like having to put a number on a review. I'd rather just I'd have a recommend or don't My recommend. last job, I didn't have to. And mm-hmm. what I had to do instead was just be like, if you like this game and this game, you'll probably like this mm-hmm. game. And that's all I had to do. And it was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah, so I mean, easy. But I also think <clears throat> like, I don't know. I think it's a reader service that if yeah, exactly. a major part of your review is, hey, this thing is broken People want this goal. and they People fix want it. it. Yeah. If, if like you spend a couple paragraphs talking about how this thing is broken or this mechanic makes you not like it and they fix it, the, by you not updating the review, someone's going to come there and but that's, that. it's old. It's but then what do we do news? about a video? Like, I don't know. Oh, there's definitely no easy, yeah. there's no easy way to do that's it. That's exactly what I was going to say. Is like Clearly, I think that the process of reviewing games needs to evolve because games have evolved, right? Yeah. Like It's no longer you pay once to get X game and that's the game that you have forever and ever. Games are changing into a service, into a platform that evolve over time, and that's going to require reviewers to be more embedded in the process. So maybe that means like in the long term, less full-time staffers end up reviewing games, at least the games that need to be reviewed constantly. Uh, and le- leads to more freelancers, or maybe it uh, maybe it's the other way around. Like full time reviewers now, just it's required of them to be on a beat the way you're on the news beat mm-hmm. or on the Xbox beat or whatever. It's definitely something that I've like suggested to our producers before. Like someone will be like, well, we need to have this person on the live show at E3 because they know this game, but they don't know any of the other games. And what I would argue that we do for things like that is like not a lot of us know anything about sports games. So whoever's coordinating the live show is like, hey, Alana, you need to play FIFA this month to know what what is there and like research this game. And we, I feel like we should kind of do that in a lot of our coverage yeah. so that we don't have those. Yeah, I mean, like, again, I don't have the answer of what that is. No, Clearly it, it needs to evolve. Yeah. I just, I also think like, you know, Destin, how many hours did you have in Destiny 1? Uh, over a thousand. Yeah, so I have like a thousand. And I don't know, I don't know that that, that is like a request we can make of people who have no. full-time jobs like all right in order to review this game that is a service or like a fighting game or a counter-strike or something yeah. like that that you have to have two thousand three thousand hours into it which is what a lot of players have but at the same time like 
We can't really kind of ask. if you don't, you're doing the review a disservice. You can't you ask know? anyone to really do anything outside of nine to five, really, like legally. Sure, we all work longer than that all the time, but that's like another hurdle, especially mm-hmm. with an MMO, like or even the way the destiny is an MMO. It's just like it's that's such a big like, commitment. It's can we legally even get people to do that? I don't know. Yeah, before we scored destiny, like I had at least eighty hours in that game. I'm guessing. I feel like, but that I know I had fifty six because I saw the stat. But I don't know what it was by the time it launched. Basically, full twenty-hour days of yeah. either annotating scripts or writing impressions. Yeah. Or I kind of feel like yeah. there's some things that we should maybe re-review like annually, but not everything. Obviously. Yeah, definitely, it's game specific, right? Like there are not game. Not every game needs to be re-reviewed. But I did. I did face this actually long ago, maybe two years ago. I was in an event where uh, the hero. Uh, sorry. Heroes of the Storm, the Blizzard game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Heroes of the Storm guys, we gave it a six. Mitch did. Six point seven. Six point something like that. Right, and that's a big two one. years later, we were at an event. We, were, me and Mitch, were at this, uh, uh, like you know, capturing a new mode or new heroes or whatever it was. And the dude was like, "Hey, you guys ever gonna review it?" And the thing with me and Mitch didn't know what to say. Is you probably could just do it. Like someone could probably be like, "Hey, Dan, I'm re-reviewing it." Not that I know if anyone in the office plays that game, but you'd probably just be like, "Hey, I'm doing this," and I think Dan would probably be okay with that. I mean, there's still people in the office. Like Damon plays the game literally every day. Like, Heroes of the Storm. Heroes of the Storm. Oh no, Storm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, (laughs) I was like, very different things. But like, I mean, I do think that in that game has evolved. So much. Absolutely. Our score is so. inaccurate to what it is now. Exactly. So, so it's in like, that do we case, put a disclosure so that sure. says this is a launch review? Or I mean, like, so did Destiny 1. So did the right. Division. So did For Honor. Yeah. So did, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's interesting. It's a challenge that we talk about. Yeah. You know? And it's also a lot of people are like, I miss the days when Electronic Gaming Monthly used to have four people review a game. And I'm like, A, uh, those reviews were 150 words long. Yeah. Uh, B, that is the stupidest thing to have all of us doing it. And C, that's what podcasts yeah. are. It's also like is a very... also the first company that I worked for where it's a requirement that you finish the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would always finish a game at every place that I worked, but a lot of them are like, hey, you just like get halfway. Oh, dude, yeah. Because I... because they're like, the time issues is such... I think it's terrible as well. That's why yeah. I always yeah. did it. But like the time is like, especially working in print, they, especially with an Australian internet connection, I had to review a game and then we have to get it like deadline for print and it's mm-hmm. insane. And they're like, don't worry about finishing it, just play as much as you can. And you're like, well, that's not a good way to review a game. Yeah. It was like, maybe we could have four people review something if they didn't all finish it. Yeah. Like, it's not but taking it's also four people off something else you want to watch. Like, follow IGN people on Twitter and you have many reviews of Destiny 2. Listen to this show, listen to Beyond, listen to Fireteam yeah. Chat, and you have second takes on games yeah. of every yeah. game. All in all, Destiny. I think like how we cover games. Like by and large, pretty good. I like our reviews. Yeah. Actually, mm-hmm. that is a thing that like. Yeah. I. I it's not perfect. I no. Of course no it isn't. But I. I just kind of wish that we would put in. Uh, even though it seems ridiculous, and our reviews editor is totally opposed to it. If we put in the bottom, like, of course, this is just this one person's opinion, because uh, yeah. people always forget that, and mm, like someone true. like will be like, oh, but IGN gave this game this go. I'm like, but I didn't review that game. Why are you? Yeah. I don't it's, agree with that. Like, why are you telling me that? I don't. Yeah. It was really frustrating when people referenced. Because we reviewed all the Destiny DLCs and we reviewed Destiny 1 and those were all different reviewers. Yeah. And they're like, well, how does this get an 8.5? But Taken King got a 9. You like, didn't review Jose reviewed Taken King. I'm reviewing Destiny 2. Yeah. Those are two different opinions from two different That's people. That's why I just wish the disclaimer at the bottom would be like, this is just this one person's opinion. And it's yeah. not reflective of the entire site. Hey, dummy. <laughs> Although at the same time. <laughs> I know it's, yeah. it's kind of gone. Maybe but. doing that is like, it can't. I, have a, I, ha, it, I, ha, I see the other side of the argument, which is that doing that undermines the idea of IGN as like a collective thing you know which 
Yeah. Yeah, I see both sides of it too. Yeah. It's just like that's why like people ask me that question. I'm like, I don't know the answer, and I don't want to know the like. I will not even question, try to really think is. of that because I don't want to fix that problem. That yeah. sounds really hard. Yeah. And like even with the review, we have an audience that's like the Destiny Two review. We have an audience like, where is this review? We have an audience like they haven't done the raid yet. They have to do the raid before they review it. And like we have this whole swath of different audiences that are looking for different exactly. things I mean, in the product. If there was a singular right answer, everyone would do that. But there's so not. yeah. I mean, in I don't your... want to get this into a fest about our audience because I think most of them are fucking no. I'm not. Yeah. On I'm not complaining. Yeah. I'm just saying it's there hard are a to lot of challenges in this that people don't realize. Well, yeah. Also, mm-hmm. just external to the company, you don't exactly have like insight as to the process, right? Like there were a lot of comments I that would were like, "Love if we could start recording the conversations we have where we give a game a ten. Because it's a room full of people debating and arguing, and people just are like you just slap a score on it. It's like yeah. no, they're intense. Like, God, I remember the witness. every list. This one was so good. The only one that I've been in that was really easy was Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Dan was like, "Does anyone disagree?" And Vince was like, "There's some frame rate problems, but nah." Yeah. nah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's just like, "Yeah, it's a ten. and was like, "All right, dismissed. Good job." Yeah. But like for the most part, it's really hard. It's just I don't know. I think um, especially with games as a service being more and more of a thing, this is something that's really hard for every outlet to try and tackle and figure out how to do, and it's going to evolve, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just super interested in, in seeing for the For The Witness, we had like a Slack channel with like 10 of us, and it was on a Sunday, and I was day drunk at a bar, vehemently defending the game on Slack, and I kept <laughs> typing things, and Dan was like, Marty, look back 30 messages. We already said we're giving it a 10. I was like, oh, sorry, oh, Dan. Uh, um, what the puzzles? <laughs> but yeah, I'm, you guys, if you want to hear more about Destiny 2, can jump over to Fireteam Chat, where these folks will get in tons of detail, and I'm sure we'll keep talking about it on the show as we all delve into it more but um this is probably the most media episode we will have for destiny 2 because we don't want to talk about it constantly That's and we'll talk about the raid next week for. we'll never Marty talk, about, can talk about the raid next week <laughs> hello there would you like to save money and play more video games well let me introduce you to our sponsor gamefly gamefly is the best way to buy and rent all your favorite games at gamefly.com you pick your favorite games and have them mailed directly to your door or mailbox Gamefly is the leading video game rental service with over 9,000 titles to choose from. You can try your favorite games before you buy and keep the games as long as you want with no late fees. So if you're stuck on a boss fight or having a really good time, it's not a big deal. You can cancel at any time, and they also offer movie rentals too. Go to Gamefly.com locked and start your free premium 30-day trial today. The premium trial allows you to check out two games and or movies at a time. You can only get this offer, again, by visiting Gamefly.com slash locked. Now go sign up and start playing all your favorite games absolutely free for 30 days right now. Um, But speaking of games as service, we're talking about uh, Fortnite accidentally allowed cross-platform play. So people were playing Fortnite on Xbox against PS4 owners and vice versa for the first time literally ever. Uh, it was discovered by a Reddit user who noticed he was playing against someone called ZCypher9 with a space in between Cypher and 9, which is a tag that would be impossible to create on PSN because it contained that space. You can only do that on Xbox. So uh, apparently it was a configuration. Xbox exclusive. It was an accident. <laughs> Spaces in your username. Yep. Also, it was a so configuration you your username. Yeah. Also, uh, you said this was uh, uh, an accident. I totally don't think this is an accident. Yeah, I think Unsure this was about that. I, I think this was Epic being like, I mean, it's cool. Whoop. So yeah. <laughs> Epic said it was a configuration issue, which to me, yeah, they shows pressed the button. It's that so it on. easy. It's entirely possible they did it on purpose to just I mean, show everyone what it would be like. Several like, developers have come out and said, "Yeah, we could do this. Like, we and they could, want we it, could flip and they switch. want so to easy. do it. It's I want to play Destiny with Sean. Like, this is is the first time. So I can finally stop. Right now, especially that would be incredible. With Destiny, this is the first time where I've been like, I want to play with Sean. You're about to start an Xbox. I'm like, yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Cause 
Like I a source of heated. I hate to bring it back to Destiny, <laughs> but a source of heated debate on the Fire Team chat people Pre-order is that, incentives. or I have said, I don't think that this is controversial at all. Uh, the FPS community is more competitive on Xbox. I think that's a fact because of the Call of Duty and Halo. All right, I think that's very legacy. anecdotal. All right, Johnny, but I, but here's the thing is, I definitely I want, think that the uh, Xbox community is more curated to shooters because they've had long running shooters. Absolutely. That multiplayer competitive. That's why I would bet, like, without blinking an eye, that the best Xbox team would wreck the best PS4 team. Are in you trying to say that there's Destiny. a bigger history? Watch that. Are you trying to say that there's a bigger history of competitive shooting? I just wanted to play together with in Call of Duty than in Killzone and Resistance. And, sh- and, yeah, and SOCOM, like, <laughs> hey, on PS2. SOCOM was the first game I played online. SOCOM 2 is awesome. I played it's a lot of that. But, I mean, come on. Let's be real. Yes. Right? Like, so... I would love to see that type of crossplay, and the fact that it looks to be kind of easy on the networking side, because that was the that was the the problem before. Is everyone thought like, oh well, two different systems, two different types of network architecture, getting that to play easily would be very difficult, and it would require first party support from apparently Sony. not. So, you know that apparently not, right? You know <laughs> that when Rocket League launches on Switch, it's, it's going to be crossplay yeah. on Switch and yeah. Xbox and PC. Which I and- love because the idea is you can play it like on your Xbox or on your PC, and then just pick up your Switch and keep going. Yeah, like that's so cool. Yeah. Like especially with that Switch being cool. in it yeah. now, that's that's awesome. Um, and everyone wants it, even for Minecraft. I think that that's the only platform that you can't crossplay with yeah. is PS4, which is it's it's crazy. Um, everyone can, wants it, yeah. but Sony. Sony selfishly for me, Sony so I can prove uh, my superiority. I'd be, I'd be super interested in watching a tournament <laughs> that is that, like yeah. Destiny Xbox players versus PlayStation players, would be super interesting. <laughs> yes, why don't, why don't you just make a count on the other things so that you could play against? Each because other. in Destiny, it's all gear, weapons, like. That kind of thing. You, you know, said controller. You, put, you said you put a thousand hours in Destiny One. You could have put like a hundred into um, PS4. Potentially, I mean, Destiny. You played on Xbox and PS4 for Destiny One. Like yeah. it can be done, but it's you know. So one of the issues. I had to put like two hundred hours in. It's it. also weird that there's just not. You just don't have a shared account. Like I should be able to. If I Especially buy Destiny on Xbox, I should be able to lo- like log into my character. Because everything is tied cool. to Bnet, also. So like you could easily. Don't it call seems me a fairly easy, easy to. Yeah, Bnet is reserved for Battle.net. Come on. Well, is that going to be a thing on the PC version? Sorry, Bungie done. Yeah. Oh, Bungie. I totally thought you were talking about no. Battle.net. No, you have yeah, to build a new character on any platform that yeah. you play on right now. That seems silly, but I guess like if it's n- it's not first party, it's not necessarily a Microsoft. Well, so I think button. Destiny specifically has it's a big shared world shooter. Like the networking issues the networking like on that game is probably more advanced than most games, I would oh, say. Yeah. But just like Fortnite. this is this is a big step forward, I think. Yeah. And it's cool because Fortnite's like an early access game. Like it's not even a full retail yeah. release. That's they can kind of get away with it. Yeah. yeah. Like I think but that's cool though. One of the things that's weird specifically about Destiny is console exclusive content. So uh if PS4 Destiny 2 players have items on maps that Xbox One players don't have, like oh. how does that work? Which they're, they're going to well because we know they, they stop doing yeah. it. Hopefully they just stop doing it well, and everyone plays otherwise the same it just game. it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um Obviously, the other reasons that Sony are against it is it encourages Xbox One players to buy a PS4. If you know all your friends are playing on PS4 and you're playing on Xbox One because it's the most popular console, then you're like, oh, I need to go buy a PS4. So that makes sense. And Sony also apparently once said that they can't manage the community from an external console. It's so the thing was like, well, if people are arguing online, it could be from an Xbox. They they can't even figure out how to let you change your name. (laughs) You're a Destiny player. You're a Destiny person, not a Sony Destiny player. Yeah. Um, and Phil Spencer, when asked about it on Twitter, said, I would have liked to see them leave it on. Um, Phil also got promoted to Executive Vice President of Gaming. And Congrats, one of the Phil. Congrats. Microsoft I like Marty, idea. don't throw anything. I like the idea that it's not, it's just of all of gaming. The yeah. Executive all Vice of President gaming. of Gaming. I'm like, well, who's the president of games? Is it Miyamoto, probably? Probably Miyamoto. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can think of no one who deserves a promotion more than Phil. Maybe me, but 
Not to EVP of games. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> so I totally understand from a business perspective uh, PlayStation's stance on this. The one thing that I want to contest is the people that I've seen arguing that Xbox would do the same thing. They did in the 360 era, but I really don't think that it's the same company now. I think that even if Xbox were on top, that Phil Spencer would still want it on. I absolutely it's believe that. Not only is it not the same, not the same company now, but it's also games are so different than they were right. five, ten years ago. And Xbox like, is really good at uh, having games at the service of games like this is you know something with minecraft they've allowed it mm-hmm. to be people were worried it wouldn't be on ps4 but it, it is and i don't think that they would do that but like you can change your username the insider program backwards compatible games there's a lot of things that xbox does that maybe when they aren't chasing all the exclusives they are making sure that the service of the console is really solid and i really truly believe that even if they were the console that was on top that they would still be 100 percent for this so i i just eventually it's got to happen some dev has to push it hard enough that it happens. There was a com- regarding the PSN name change, there was a comment online I saw that said, 2017 is the year where we saw Mario's nipples, but we still can't change our PSN. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might have been like Brian or someone. I also saw that. I feel like that was someone. No, that was, in, that was in Rapid Fire yesterday. Oh. Made me laugh a little bit. Thanks. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see how chuckle. that progresses. So this is a really short point here. Um, Forza 7 continues to be very pretty. It's out October 3rd. That's very soon. Um but Ryan played it 4K 60 FPS on the Xbox One. I actually played it on PC at PAX. Um, I did too. Sean, you were there too. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, in Gamescom. Oh, cool. Yeah. I did not. Did you play um, We They had it at the, uh, there was this uh, Taco Bell Xbox One X event where they had uh, the game <laughs> okay, playable. They get they had the game playable there. I went to Taco Bell at <laughs> so it's there. Not uh, to, Taco Bell. Went to the Taco Bell haunted house, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and it was playable there on Xbox One. And mm. yeah, man, like me and James Duggan played it, and it is. I'm not a big like racing sim guy, but boy, it is really nice. A lot of tech going on yeah. racing around those tracks. It's just beautiful to look. It at. is really beautiful. It's like it's such a silly thing for us to talk about, but it just keeps getting better. I still think that Forza Six looks really good, and then you see Forza Seven, you're like, oh no, it does not. This looks so much better, and it just keeps getting better. Like, yeah, I, how many I'm, times do you think that's going to happen? Where we're like, "Whoa, that game looks amazing!" Dude, I remember I thought like I thought like Banjo Kazooie looked good when I first played it. I mean, I still like, think it looks uh, good. I thought Shadow of the Colossus was the most beautiful game I ever played back in 2005, and then Barrett was capturing it yesterday for a graphics comparison with the trailer, <laughs> and I was like, "What happened?" Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> like it looks like you have glaucoma and you can't see anything. Well, nobody yeah. had done that like sure. super large scale sure. enemies that I can think of. Uh, they did that, then God of War two did it, yeah. and it was kind of amazing at the time also like from a technical perspective yeah maybe it doesn't hold up but like the art style is still yeah. really good like let's you make know. the enemy the level design yeah. like that's just awesome yeah like it's very simple mis- minimalistic i'm talking about shadow of the colossus mm-hmm. um hey everyone welcome to podcast beyond mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about playstation games but uh yeah ryan's one complaint from playing it on the xbox one x was that you lose your progress in a series if you quit out before you finished all the races in it he said that Mm. could be related to just the event but the idea is like if you're if you started a series you have to finish it before you start another one or you lose the progress so it's kind of two active series they can be super long so um i think that's a valid complaint but it's also there's probably a reason for it uh especially with the way that like it's a racing sim you can't Mm -hmm. have two series at once it just doesn't really work that way um so we'll see how that pans four out. Four major racing games coming out within the span of like four weeks. There's Project Cars. There's this. There's GT. Yeah. Sport. Need for Speed. 
Need for Speed's coming out. That's the arcade. Yeah, the and then yeah, where, when is GT Sport coming out? Uh, it's the middle of October, a couple weeks. It's pretty crazy. Um, yep. But like right now, yeah, we've got October 3rd for Forza 7, and then Cuphead is out. September that means we 29th. only have one more episode where we talk about Cuphead being a thing that's not out. We're going to do last three years. Uh, Let's Plays for that one. Yeah. And uh, we'll do another one for Forza as well. So we now have Let's Plays that go up on the channel every single week if you guys want to watch those. But yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. I'm so excited to actually have Cuphead. Which channel? Yeah, is that? now uh, that we can actually play it, I'm actually really excited about Cuphead. Yeah, especially now Weird. because I've heard. Yeah. I mean, I've played it once or twice at events, but I've mm-hmm. heard a lot about just like the adjustment of the difficulty and going forward. Like, I still want it to be really, really hard, but I'm now interested in, like, how hard is it? I also, I it's literally it's stopped, hard, I stopped playing the game at events two years ago because I'm like, I'll just wait for it to come out. Well, I yeah. played it at Gamescom, and it's, I mean, it is hard, but it's hard in a way that um, it's, it was really difficult for me to stop playing. So I mm. probably said this on the show before, but I used to play every game on hard, and I used to, like, try and give myself the most challenging video game experience as, as possible because I get really addicted to that. I stopped doing it when I started working in the industry because it takes too long. But with Cuphead, it was like, I would screw up and then I would be like, okay, it's my fault that I screwed up. And then I would try again and I would get further every time, but every time I would die and know it was my own fault. Yeah. And like, that's what I love about it. Yeah. That's the perfect type of hard, I think, for yeah. a video game. Artificially hard is... When you know um, it's something but, you've done wrong and that's clearly telegraphed. Yeah. That if every, if you yeah. learn something in death, then... I hate when, and this happened in Ninja Gaiden when I used to play that a ton, when hard is just you have to hit an enemy a thousand times to kill them yeah. mm-hmm. and you're just tapping the same button over and over again that's kind of like, what I meant with like artificially yeah. oh man it drives me crazy whereas this is like you die in three hits that's the kind of hard that it is and it's hard to evade things but um, it's really precise and just feels really really good I'm super excited about also, it also it's just been a long time since I've played like a very difficult like platform. 2D or yeah a platform a platform play of Ori? any sort um, I did play Ori Ori's the last yeah. one it's challenging yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's like the only thing with Cuphead is there is the potential for players to kind of learn yeah. and get better by virtue that's of good. like having figured it out. Like It could be easy by the end of the game because you know the systems, and I don't know how that's going to be. Dude, I'm stoked to watch like pro Cuphead runs. Yeah. I mean, like, how did that person do that? Yeah, yeah. it's going to be super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, other news this week, we had a Tomb Raider movie trailer that came out. Uh, it looks pretty good to me, you guys. Yeah, so the trailer looks really good. I'm just scared about getting excited for any video game movie these days. Like I've been burned so many times. I'm just like, okay, A, looks great. The actress, lead actress, think they nailed the casting. Um, I'm just scared to get excited for any doing any video game movie. Stunts, and I love that. Like, yeah. it just yeah. looks so cool. Um, I, I think we all are probably in the same boat. Anyone mm-hmm. who likes video games is probably in that same boat. But it really does look a lot like the um, 2013 Tomb Raider. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, style. Mark Medina put up a side by side comparison of the trailer and footage from the game, and mm-hmm. it's insane how there are literal camera angles. Right, there's part where yeah. she like uh, she, she jumps like, off the boat. Yeah, yeah, and there's a part where it was like a behind-the-scenes video I saw where she like gets flung into a tree and then falls into a river, and I was yeah. like, I remember dying that yeah. way multiple times. <laughs> the, uh, the director, whose name is Roar Uthog, uh, Norwegian director, has said in a couple of interviews that the, that the movie takes a lot of inspiration from the reboot of the game, yeah. which I think is cool because I think that game really went over well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is an origin story, though. The trailer I thought was okay. And I don't know that this will be the video game movie that breaks the video game movie curse. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, this is super awesome that Someone more people are yeah. taking movie adaptations seriously and yeah. big money is coming behind it well, because eventually that nut will crack. One of them will, will be good. Yeah. I mean, and I mean, you have an Academy Award winner in Alicia Vikander and you have yeah. Walton Goggins who's one of the best character actors yeah. around. If oh, man, not, I love yeah. Alicia Vikander. I think she She's was a great. great cast. Did you guys see Ex Machina? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was my yeah. favorite yeah. movie so good. year it came out. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, if but, the nods are subtle, like when she gets the two guns in the trailer, yeah. I thought that I'm like, okay, that's okay. Yeah, but it's More tough because like I felt this way about Assassin's Creed because I was like, oh, Michael Fassbender and Marion Cotillard, like yeah, the director, cast, and the director Macbeth. of Macbeth, uh, yeah. yeah, and then well, and then Duncan Jones on Warcraft. So that's yeah. kind of my that's Assassin's my worry. Creed's more like, complicated than Tomb Raider though. But I yeah. think they made it needlessly complicated. I think that's the problem. Is like I think that video games tell a story about the origin of the assassins. They're I think German. video game. Yeah. I think video game adaptations have failed because there's been too much like, uh, too much sort of deference to the source material. When I don't think that the source material necessarily translates well to right. the cinema. I don't know if I've said on this show or another show. I think that white whale we're looking for that is going to finally be the one that breaks through is going to be Minecraft. Because I think they're just going to do it in the same way that the Lego movie was like. I didn't expect a movie yeah. about yeah. Legos to be hilarious and mm-hmm. creative in one of my favorite movies of the year. But Guys, here we are. You're forgetting that we already had a breakthrough. Mortal Kombat. Annihilation. <laughs> Not Annihilation. <laughs> Legitimately, though, I think the first Mortal Kombat is like a really good. Christopher Lambert. It's pretty good. It's yeah. a fairly good movie. Yeah. It's a little camp. Rewatch it. That's Has why. anyone rewatched it since you were children? I uh, Yes. I watched it recently, like this year. Christopher Lambert. It's good. Like. Okay, it's not a great movie. There, okay. It's not a great cinema. <laughs> the like, piece so of cinema. Low that Remember but when Johnny like, Cage tries to punch Goro right in the dick and he doesn't work? It, and then he kills Johnny Cage. Not punch. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah I'm aware it's a no. It, I said it, it's a punch in the dick. No, First of all, it totally dick works. Nuts, if you punch someone Very in the different. dick, there's right, a good anyway, chance Sean, you hit him in the nuts. <laughs> First of all, it totally works. No, that movie... <laughs> Like that movie works because it is a little bit tongue in cheek. Like it knows that what it's doing is a little bit ridiculous. And so it's a little bit kind of winking at the audience a lot of the time. And that's why it's funny and it still holds up, I think. The graphic, like, you know, the, the, the animation and the, the, uh, the, uh, the effects, that doesn't really hold up. It's a 90s movie. Mm-hmm. Your soul is, is mine. <laughs> what are I other quotes like from that it. one? So good. Scorpion but doesn't say anything. I think to, yeah. Tomb Raider, like, Get over I don't here. I, I I think it looks pretty great. It also looks brutal. Um, I had no expectation and then saw the trailer. And again, the bar is really low because video game movies have historically been terrible. Mm-hmm. But I was pleasantly surprised. So I'm hopeful. I'm just nervous. Totally. Just about we'll life see. in general. Yeah. 2017. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I'm generally nervous. No, why don't we uh we, we can all go see it and then um we'll we'll do a, an episode on it. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, IGN unlocked reviews movies. Well, it's a video game movie. Let me review yeah. Mother. Not, not good. Yeah, yeah, it was not good. <laughs> Still very interested. Oh, just ooh. yeah. Um, we don't have a ton <laughs> of time left, but we've been playing some stuff. Marty, you played a bit of Death of the Outsider. I did. Uh, I'm really excited. Once Destiny stops being heroin, I'm gonna play more Death of the Outsider. Uh, how'd you like it? Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, I played the opening couple. There's missions. a let's play up. On There's the a let's play. Yeah, with Miranda and I uh, played the opening couple missions after that, and. Uh, I find I, I really like the idea of sort of compact versions of mm-hmm. of these big games. So if we get the big tentpole release every couple of years, and then we get these compact adventures, sort of as as clock in between that, I really like that. Um, I think the outsider is a super interesting character, so I want to you know explore that. Uh, I love again like being like, hey, we don't need to center our game on Corvo. We can sort of go off to the side and see what these characters are doing. I think that's something Halo could do. Like, I yeah. think ODST worked really well because it was like, hey, let's shine a light on this corner of the universe. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. yeah, As long as it's not a numbered Halo. Sure. No, that's numbered what, yeah, Halo needs to be chief. Yeah. I kind of yeah. agree, yeah. That, but, that um, campaign of five works. More well. chief. I've also played a little bit of Tacoma, which I don't think we've spoken about much on the show. Um, I really like it, and it's not really what I expected it to be. There is a lot of kind of... Uh, looping in Tacoma like you have to go watch something and then it tells you the next person that you need to go look at while they're completing a task it's like these AI holograms of people Mm -hmm. and you have to like observe what they're doing and so there is a lot of backtracking and I feel like some of it um, 
the backtracking isn't fun, but learning about the characters really is. And you kind of learn their names because they're all represented by different colors based on what roles they play in the this, this simulation, the, the space the, thing yeah. they're in. Uh, I don't know if it's space station. I'm not entirely sure, but it is. It is space it station is. Tacoma. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So you you learn about it's like, like their names and like yeah. Right? yeah, their relationships with each other and. Sort of, it's effectively a murder mystery where where you're just trying to figure out what went wrong. And I think that the ending is probably not going to be as obvious as I'm currently thinking it is. But um, I was playing that with my mom, and it was it was super fun. It was just like a oh, so this person did this, and this person is dating this person, and it's yeah. just like just a lot of like puzzle pieces that are really neatly pieced together. Yeah, so and it's just like super well written, and the VO is really good too. So absolutely, yeah. yeah. I've not yet played the game, but I did the IGN first with Marty back mm-hmm. in the day. Remember when you made those baskets? Yeah. Yeah, zero-G basketball. You can make baskets, and then yeah. you get oh, an cool. achievement. Yeah. Go back yeah, and make I most uh, recently snooped through a bunch of people's stuff in the gym lockers. Yeah. I'll do that. It's pretty weird. Uh, Steve Gaynor and his team, they've just done a really good job of this, like, bringing sort of... I mean, you know how you talk about movies in terms of, like, this is a character-driven movie. Mm-hmm. Like... That's what they've done with games. Is like yeah. these are very these are games where all you want to do is explore who these characters are. Yeah. And Gone Home did that exceptionally well. And I, what I've seen of Tacoma does that same thing. Yeah, you should. Uh, I think Tacoma does it better than Gone Home. Honestly, mm-hmm. Steve has different in between uh, games. He does uh, a podcast called Tone Control, where it's one on one interviews with him and then another iconic developer. So he's talking to Neil Druckmann about his career, or Jonathan Blow, or Harvey awesome. Smith. What's it called? Um, Tone Control, mm. uh, and it's just amazing because it's one of those things like. Like I love Ryan's sit down interviews with devs and, and yeah. like expert mode, um, but it's also it's just so interesting to hear two people who are just on the same level in yeah. terms of like they mm-hmm. understand the struggle equally. It's very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was announced that Steve is going to GCAP, which is uh, an Australian video game convention. I think that um, he's going to be one of the hosts there. So cool. people in Melbourne, if you're there, that's awesome. Go see Steve. He's he's a great dude. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have an IGN unfiltered, and I know Ryan would want us to plug it with Steve Gainer coming up. Wow, synergy. Steve everywhere. Synergy. Steve everywhere. Um, I've also played Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Destiny, you haven't played much of it, have you? Played a little bit. Combo system feels pretty solid. Man, it's weird that the game's been, like, I understand your full destiny, but, like, mm -hmm. if you would have told me a year ago that the new Marvel vs. Capcom game would have been out and you haven't devoured it yet. Uh... Those new characters look super weird. I think they're. Yeah, I think it's, the I think faces it's are like, pretty bad. Their uh, proportions are off. Well, Chun Li still looks great, but the, <laughs> <laughs> I just love her thighs so much. Spider Man has no butt. Yeah, Spider Man has no neck. Long. He's no neck. He no butt. Frank neck. West just looks like he's pooping all the time. Like a lot of their faces yeah. do look bad, but the thing is, it, Frank it, West is in that game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, he was in three. Was watching cutscenes are so silly because it's like they're about to fight Ultron and everyone's on a space station. It's all these like superheroes and ninjas and robots, and then Frank West is just there looking like a doofus. Yeah, you don't know how to use that camera. West is, uh, Frank West is also, I think, in this one, the only character that has levels. So, like, if you you start him at level one, whenever you start playing, and, and then you have to like use his camera to take photos, and then he levels up, and as he levels up, he gets better. That's, that's crap been a mechanic of his, It, it his was his in the last one, ultimate, but it's yeah. just so weird. Does he say it's good? Such a weird thing. Good. Great. Fantastic. What's the one he says if something's like sexy? Oh dang. No, it's ooh. definitely not that. You might be right. It might be like, ooh. Ah, the sexiest noise of the all. And I think that the, the title for the, the the sexy photos was like erotic or something. Yeah. It was like pink. <laughs> that sounds right. I love that game so much. Um, he's I really like his specials, actually, because it's like he'll throw a zombie at someone. Or They're really good. really cool stuff. Yeah, I Fine. think it's really well animated, and there are definitely issues there. Um, but the the main thing is that it is a fast-paced fighting game, and it is really it flows well, and it's quick to pick up. Mm. Um, it still has... 
kind of a long lasting problem with MVC where if someone who is better than you gets you in the air and just juggles a combo, you're just stuck there. There's pretty much mm-hmm. nothing you can do. So that, that's like still a thing. Breakers. Well, there are. It's Earth, just yeah. it's air combos. Yeah. Uh, they've always been hard to break. It's only really a problem if you are playing against someone who's way better than you. Mm. Then you're kind of screwed. But hopefully for most people that won't happen. Um, I think the story is pretty garbage, but I'll finish <laughs> it to see how that goes. <laughs> Uh, but aside from that, yeah, it, it does feel good. I think it needs a lot more characters. Obviously, we really want to see Wolverine and all of the classic uh, X-Men who aren't in there. But yeah, they announced the actually first round playing, of, and I'm happy with they it. They announced the first round of DLC characters, and the X-Men were out there. Yep. It was like Venom, Black Panther. I think Venom's cool. Black Panther could play a ton like Wolverine. Because they did uh, Sabretooth back in one of the old ones, mm-hmm. and he played fairly similar to Wolverine. Yeah. Where's Amaterasu? Yeah. Do, and and do we think that... It'll kind of match slash uh, surpass kind of the MVC threes and nope. in the competitive. I think the competitive community. scene. I think people will still stick to. For a while, at least, it's weird the way fighting games are now. Is we kind of expect them to launch kind of crap and then get better. Mm-hmm. Like that's my Street expectation exactly, yeah. and I think that sucks. Like it's a terrible way to go. But I'm expecting for MVC three to still be king for a while in the competitive scene. But then I, I think Infinite will catch up. I think the Infinity Stones. Add something really mm-hmm. interesting. Um, they aren't necessarily balanced super well. It's hard to say right now until we see pro players actually playing it, but that probably room for improvement there. But for the most part, um, I think it'll get there. I think yeah, it the can. The fighting game there. community is going to play it. I just, I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about this one. Hmm. I think most people feel the same way. Yeah, but I really, I really do think it'll, it'll get did, there. And now I just want to sell Calibum. Did any of you guys, oh my God. Yeah. did any of you guys hop into the Dragon Ball Fighters beta? I assume you didn't. No, no but I, I played that it looked solid. Yeah, I got to play the beta yeah. over the weekend. I hopped into it. And it was, yeah. God, that kid's awesome. Everybody's yeah. loving that. It's from also mechanic it, and art style perspective. That, that I don't know anything awesome. about balance on that, though. Like, how's that going to go? I mean, it's, uh, I, play, I don't know much about it. fighting games. Yeah. I'm not a big fighting games guy unless you count Smash, which is a fighting game. But uh, I played it at a preview at event. Uh, I played it at a preview event, and Goku's instant transmission Kamehameha seems so imbalanced because it's impossible to miss, and it's a really easy combo. Well, he's Goku. Of course he's going to win. Yeah, but I legitimately got work. very giddy the first time I did it because I was yeah. like, because uh, like, <laughs> that happens in the show. Yeah. It's the most like, baller Dragon Ball thing fans, ever. It's yeah. the best, I was but for people so, who aren't. Yeah. yeah. My thing is, I, man, I'm not hardcore to fighting games at all, but I'm such a big Dragon Ball yeah. Z fan, yeah. and like playing all the, or I'm like yeah, a laugh. It looks so, like, like I, the end. I loved it as a kid, and yeah. then watching this game, I'm like, oh, no, this totally Dude, looks exactly watch Dragon Ball all the yeah. time, mm-hmm. like once a year at least. God, it's <laughs> so good. Just, I really had to talk myself out of getting a uh, Goku tattoo at one point. Was just like, his like head? Do it. I was going to get specifically just the outline of his hair, just mm-hmm. the black outline, because I still might do that. It's just like his regular hair or his Saiyan hair? No, just his regular his hair. Regular I was going to get Vegeta's iconic, as well. Yeah. I was going to get Krillin's hair. <laughs> he don't got hair. Now there's Piccolo, he has antennae. Yeah, that's true. I just taught you guys about Dragon Balls. Um, but as that develops, we'll keep talking about it. Obviously, we really like MVC here. And Destin and I are supposed to be doing a, a Let's Play of it today. We don't know what that's going to turn out like, but we'll see. It's going to be something. There are new Let's Plays up on the channel uh, every Monday. Played so it for 20 minutes. Check those out. <laughs> well, we'll just let's play through the story mode and just. <laughs> sure. Whatever. You're the producer. The All reaction right. to me and uh, Ryan's Crucible in Destiny 2 one was really cool, too. Although, yeah, there Ryan was a, did a lot of smack talk. I didn't there, know he yeah. had it in him. Yeah, he was really, he was amping it up in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, although there was the top comment was like, call it Crucibros. And I was like, oh. Crucibros. I actually, <laughs> so I, I titled it Destiny 2 
Crucible Bros. And yeah. then I thought about doing Crucible Bros. And then in in brackets, but then I was like, it's too many words. Yeah. But I did legitimately think about doing that. Yeah, like, I was like, that's a good comment. Yeah, and then there's uh, the Dishonored Two one, and then Marty and I did Hello Neighbor. So that we won every single week. I have every single game planned out until the end of the year. We're gonna do Okami when that comes out. <gasps> that Marty Such a Marty game. Okami's coming out. Yeah, it's coming yeah. out to PS4 and, and Xbox I, One I PC. Thought that because December. of in honor of Mitchie D that we would do like as a group uh Battlefront 2 story mode. Ooh. That so, like, looks really that? good. Yeah. With oh, Mitch? Cool. With Mitch. We're flying him in for it. Ah, if we here, find, here if we find a, a time knife like side story, I'm gonna be so happy. Oh, <laughs> oh the time. Good <laughs> times. Um all right, wrap up the show with uh because Ryan is not here. I've called it the Meerkat Place Report. Uh, big Players. fan of meerkats, and I have a great sense of humor at the moment. I like how I like how Dustin keeps instead of laughing, he's like very funny, hilarious. <laughs> I do that sometimes. Bit of chuckle. Like funny, but I didn't laugh at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's because that's I'm mean. dead inside. It's like that Scrubs yes. episode. Um, because I don't know where Ryan finds the prices for these, I don't have them. So I'll make I up prices. Like, where for did you them. find the prices for these? Should uh, we guess? Obviously, <laughs> yeah. we have Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite September nineteen. Sixty dollars. Correct. Black Gods two September nineteen. Forty. Oh, I was going to say, say 40. nine. Forty nine dollars. Uh, Super High Dora. Nineteen ninety nine. September twenty. Hundred dollars. Did someone just say hundred? That's why I guessed. Can someone take a tally and we're and guessing? Tell these us are guesses. Who's right yeah. about these. Yeah. These are uh, guesses. more fight. September twenty. Four ninety nine. Ten. Uh, Nineteen ninety nine. Not a real game. That <laughs> also seems like a ten. Uh, Raiders of the Broken Planet. September twenty second. Forty nine ninety nine. I think this is actually forty dollars. Fourteen ninety nine. Project Cause 2, September 2016. $60. I think you might have nailed it. Uh, the Lego Ninjago movie video 60. game. 60. It's Ninjago. You're right, it is Ninjago. Starring Sorry. Kumail Nanjiani. All right, This is fun. That, uh, was a, that was a whisper, did you Did you give a price for that one? How much is that? I think no value to the 40. audience. 40? But yeah. very fun. Is this game called Semen? Uh, no. S-E-U-N. Oh. Speedrunners <laughs> from Hell, September 22nd. <laughs> I think I 1999. 1999. I'm sorry. Uh, 10. I'm just guessing what, what I you get money. Are. You get five dollars in your account right, if you well, download. I definitely <laughs> already lost this. The coma recut September twenty second. Twenty. Nineteen ninety nine. Twenty. Well, that those are all the same. Yeah, those same. no, it's prices right. Straight up the yeah. same. Close. Uh, Inc. September twenty second. Free. It doesn't exist. Nine ninety nine. Five dollars. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.